You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for tauntauns and twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. Bye. Uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? <laughs> Comrades, this is the Red Cyclone. You are listening to Fenholes, the mightiest podcast in the motherland. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must go dance with Comrade President Leader Gorbachev. What? He is no longer leader? This makes Zangief angry! Final Atomic Buster! Welcome back, folks, to a very special episode of Fan Holes this week. We're going to be talking about something that's a little off the beaten path for us, anyway. As usual, we talk about geeky stuff, but this week we're kind of going off on a different tangent. We're going to be talking about wrestling, specifically pro wrestling, in its various forms. <clears throat> Some of the fan holes are big, big fans of wrestling. Some of them, not so much. We do have a couple of missing members this week, so we're going to try to do our little roster uh, count-off to see who's here. And also, we have a special guest who I, re- I will reveal after we do the roster check. I am Tony. You may know me as Chainclaw. And, oh, yeah! <laughs> hey, this is Derek. Derek WC. Chips! And from parts unknown, it's Grimlock. And oh my god, who's this doing a run-in with a steel chair? It's Professor Smooth. You know this man, he was on one of our earlier Gestinction Agenda podcasts. And he's also a pretty knowledgeable guy about wrestling. Welcome, sir. Thank you, but if this is going to be the wrestling podcast, then we got to do this right. In that finally, I have come back to the Fan Holes podcast. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> what's up, sir? Thank you for joining us. Like I said, he is a pretty knowledgeable bloke about these things. I want to go ahead and run down what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about our dream match. This is basically, we're going to pick whoever we want from any era, any promotion, just put them together and just explain why we'd probably like to watch that. be a fun thing to do. Favorite wrestler, self-explanatory, guy you just like the most, guy who made you cheer and get off your feet, Puro Rasul. Uh, this is one thing that I really wanted Professor Smooth here for. Japan, whether you may or may not know it, has a pretty devoted fan base for wrestling. Um, it's a little different than America. It's not exactly the same type of animal. It's not so much into the sports entertainment, unless, you know, maybe one of the more uh, humorous feds that are out there. But it has actually a lot of credibility worldwide because... 
if you can make it in Japan, you can make it pretty much anywhere if you're like an American wrestler. It is harder to be a Japanese wrestler coming to America because of language barriers. But as far as if you're an American starting out and you go to Japan and you can make it there, you could probably write your own ticket anywhere because you learn a lot in the wrestling scene of uh, Pro Wrestling. Then we have Lucha Libre, much like Japan. Mexico also has a very long tradition of a very devoted fan base following wrestling. Uh, with the Rudos and the... Uh, oh, I forgot the name of them. Uh, the Rudos and... Who's the good guys? I'll remember in a little bit. But they, they have very kind of simple views on things as far as it kind of goes back to the 80s in America where there's good guys and there's bad guys and they fight and they fight for honor and it's just very cut and dried but it's really cool though because Mexico produces some of the highest flyers in the world really talented guys who could do flips and acrobatics like nobody's business uh, you may know Rey Mysterio in the WWE he started out his career in Mexico finally we're going to talk about not finally we're going to talk about side projects which is you know cartoons Wrestling albums, there's been sadly some that have been released. We'll probably go into that. But yeah, wrestling is a big media beast now, and it's not just, you know, a couple of guys in a ring in front of 12 people. It's just pretty worldwide. And finally, because we are a geeky podcast, a little bit, we will talk about toys. Specifically, Hasbro LGN stuff. Um, there's actually been a, quite a lot of wrestling figures released over the years. So we're going to talk about some of the ones we like, or some of the ones that we thought were just incredibly st uh, silly. Man, I thought ultimate robot fighting was real, like pro wrestling, but it turns out it's fixed, like boxing. But, after that long list of topics, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. Dream Match. This is pretty much just the two guys you want to see get it on, who either never have, or you just want to see it one more time, possibly. I'm going to go ahead and start off with Mr. Justin Barber. Um, what what do you want to see this dream match in your head what do you see well it'll sadly it'll it'll never ever happen but i would have loved to have seen uh macho man go up against Rey mysterio that would uh i think that would have been quite an interesting match that's actually a cool choice because savage was not really a high flyer but he did do some top rope stuff yeah he's really really athletic too so i guess i, I guess i guess the closest you can get now is if you have the uh you know, that WWE All-Star uh, video game where you've got, you know, a lot of the, the old-school classic wrestlers with a lot of the new guys. You can you can have, you can kind of have that match, but, you know, as, as far as reality goes, it's not going to ever happen. Yeah, it's not really the same thing, but, yeah, close yeah. you can get. Um, uh, anything you'd like to add to that, sir? Um, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty cut and dried. Um, Derek, I know you said that you're not quite so knowledgeable on wrestling, and then there's a couple of topics you know you could chime in on. Would you happen to have like a wrestling match you thought would be at least entertaining or even funny or enjoyable in your head? I don't know, because cause I don't think I've watched enough wrestling. I probably would say something, and somebody would be like, dude, they already fought. Like, <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think about it too much. Um, That's cool. Yeah. No problem, no problem. Yeah, like I said, some of us are bigger fans than others, so... Nothing wrong with that at all. If it helps, you still pwn me every week in comic knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know too much about the wrestling. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, throw out mine because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, the good professor probably has a really good one that'll trump me if I like go after him and make mine seem stupid. Um, <laughs> probably one that I always kind of wanted to see, 
but it never has had a chance to happen due to injuries and just a timeline of how their careers pretty much panned out. I always wanted to see John Cena versus Bret Hart. Not because I'm a huge Cena fan, but they both have like this kind of similar character when they were when Bret Hart was a good guy. He was supposed yeah. to be very yeah. He's supposed to be like very moral and like this guy who like fought the good fight and he was sometimes the underdog, unlike Hogan who was always, you know he will always win. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and it'd be just kinda cool to see who could out underdog each other, you know. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 I'm gonna lose. No, I'm gonna fucking lose, dude. You're so awesome, you know. <laughs> Um, it'd just be kind of a fun match. Also, kind of be interesting to see them with their styles, how Brett was more of a technical wrestler. And John Cena, while he does know a few technical moves that he does incredibly sloppily, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's more, more or less known as a kind of a brawler type guy. I just thought it'd be kind of fun, especially like the promos, because Bret Hart, again, is very reserved, very measured in his tone. He doesn't really get very angry very often. When he does, it actually does convey very well. Whereas John Cena is the master of the, you know, yeah, well, you're just a poopy head, and I'm going to kick your ass! And just... Yeah. <laughs> Outbursts of random anger, so it would just be fun to see that play off. So, yeah, mine is more or less just because uh, injuries, again, like I said, and just they're from two different generations, really. So, uh, what about you, uh, Professor? What did you uh, want to see for a dream match? I'm going to have a really unpopular opinion here, um, but I've always wanted to see uh, the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, take on the original DX of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And I can't believe that that's, that's never happened. But again, with the timeline and Shawn being injured or uh, Scott Hall being whatever he's doing, it's just <laughs> never, it just never come close to happening. Yeah, I the, think right the closest now, we, Hall, we ever got was the the New Age Outlaws against the Outsiders in TNA, but you know, again, they had to call everyone by different names. And yeah, were they called VKM at that point? Uh, the New Age Outlaws were, yeah, the Voodoo Kin Mafia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome name. It was uh, for the fans for listening who do watch wrestling. It was obviously a dig at Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Aha, VKM. Ah, they're so clever. Um, that actually would have been really cool, kind of like a click implosion kind of thing. Well, they came so close when they had the, the NWO back uh, in the WWE years ago, uh, and then, like, Shawn Michaels took over the NWO. <laughs> it's like, like so, so close, but never, never materialized. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That would have been a kind of cool match, too, yeah. As far as Scott Hall goes, I think I saw him selling tacos on the corner of 53rd and Main the other day. Um, they didn't look like tacos. Uh, <laughs> no, I should not make fun of Scott Hall. He has had problems, and he was once a really good wrestler. So, I, 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 I think that he will be again. Yes, yes, exactly. I am looking forward to him coming back as Starship Coyote. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that's cut. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 my bad. <laughs> uh, uh, good choices, guys. Not not too shabby at all. Yeah, I definitely like the professors. And and Justin had a interesting one. That would have been an interesting match if nothing else. My, Especially I guess my was basically like you know a what if. Well, it would have been 
it would have been really cool, at least popularity-wise, because both Macho Man and Ray have, like, crazy devoted fans, so it kind of interesting to see who they would actually go for, you know? Like, like who do you really want to yeah. see win? Me, it's no question I would want Macho to kick his ass. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on along, keep the keep the train going. Uh, to, to use a horrible line from Chronic, the tag team, we're going to light the fires and kick the tires. Uh, <laughs> favorite wrestler. This, like, like I said, it's so simple that you don't need to explain the topic. We're going to go with Derek on this one because Derek does have a favorite wrestler he would like to talk about, so I'm going to go ahead and go to him. Well, uh, I, I, I think I picked a couple guys just to talk about for this topic because it was something I could talk about. Um, I was trying to find the match. Like, It's kind of hard because it's a vague, vague memory, but I, I remember uh, going to uh, uh, ACTF with a bunch of friends in uh, 2000, and uh, that's uh, the uh, American Conservatory Theater Festival. Um, and so basically you go there and you do a bunch of dramatic, you know, scenes and readings and crap like that. And then, you know, basically everybody feels like crap because they don't make it to the finals or they do and everybody <laughs> like hugs them or something like that. But basically that's kind of what it is. It's a bunch of people in their ivory towers, you know, judging other people or whatever. But you go there and you do your thing or whatever. But I remember uh, we were in Vegas that particular year and... Um, one of the things we did was when we got to the hotel room, like I, I kind of, I've never been, I mean, I've worked in casinos and everything, but I've never been a big gambler. Like I think it's kind of a, I, I don't think highly of it. So I kind of stayed away from all the, the tables and everything, even though a lot of other people were curious and went and did their thing. But one of the things I did with a buddy of mine was uh, we were watching, we ended up for some reason, we were just absolutely fascinated by the wrestling that was on the channel. And I remember uh, I was trying to look for it on YouTube, but I couldn't really find the right match that I, I, I knew I would recognize it if I saw it, but it was uh, Mick Foley as Cactus Jack. And I just remember that being like something where me and my buddy just were watching it. We're like, what is this? This is awesome. And he was running around, you know, smacking people with two by fours or whatever was going on, chairs and all kinds of crazy crap. And we were just very, very invested in the whole thing. I mean, not enough that we sort of became fans, but I think for that, you know, that brief two hours where we were killing time until we, you know, went out to some clubs or whatever we were doing, like we were definitely... You know, like, we were definitely enthralled with the uh, cable television, you know, for that couple hours or whatever. And so I, I'd have to say, like, he's probably, like, that's somebody who stands out to me when, when this topic came up. Uh, a secret shame of mine, which I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I, I'm pretty sure I've told the fan holes about this. But I remember being, like, 12 or, I don't know, 11 years old or something like that. And uh, I was in New York visiting my grandmother. But for this one week, for some reason, you know, because of the cartoons and, and TV shows and stuff like that, I thought Junkyard Dog was, like, the coolest <laughs> the coolest wrestler. And so I ran around, like, wearing chains for, like, a week or something like that, like, because I thought it was cool. And, like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. It probably looked like an idiot. And no, I, I Actually, he was a legend, so I don't think anybody would hate on you for uh, digging JYD. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It was like I, I now I think if if there was like a photo of me looking like that, I would be embarrassed. But I, think, <laughs> I don't think there is. So anyway, but but yeah, I, I always thought he was kind of cool, 
And um, and then and then I was thinking about this, and I don't know, I probably not as a wrestler, but kind of by default, like I probably I I feel remiss if I didn't mention Sergeant Slaughter because I'm such a big GI Joe fan, and like I know the image of it's kind of like the rock and wrestling cartoon, you know, the image you have of them in the cartoon versus the person they are in real life, or even the person they portray in the ring aren't always the same thing, you know, like, cause you know, I, I think it was like one of those weird disillusioning type things where, you know, you watch GI Joe for years and you expect Sergeant Slaughter to be this mega ripped, you know, six pack ab, like <laughs> monster man, you know, and then you actually kind of like see him and you're like, Oh, he's just kind of like a tubby dude who rolls around and wrestles other guys and stuff. But, you know, I figured I'd throw that in because I think, you know, especially when, when in the heyday of, you know, G.I. Joe, you know, when Serpentor was on the TV show and everything, that was somebody who, you know, definitely tied together the whole wrestling aspect with, with other things that I enjoyed being, you know, like fantasy and military, you know, type stuff like G.I. Joe. So there yeah. you go. I was going to say, like, when I, when I was a kid, like, I really liked Sergeant Slaughter, like, on, on wrestling and G.I. Joe. But, like, I got kind of confused after a while. Like, I kept waiting for Hogan to show up on G.I. Joe. And I kept <laughs> waiting for, like, I kept waiting for, like, Serpentor or somebody to show up on, like, you know, WWF or something. But it never happened. And I was like, why is this not happening? It would be the greatest thing ever. You know? I, I remember being feeling the, the sense of confusion when, you, you know how, like, they sort of do their dramatic turns and twists with the whole storylines and wrestling and so I, I remember you know being a fan of gi joe and oh yeah sergeant slaughter he's like with gi joe's like yay america and then i remember like reading or hearing something where it's like oh no sergeant slaughter's a bad guy now and he teamed up with the iron sheik and he's got like a little you know turban or, or sheik thing on his head or whatever and i just kind of went what like what'd they do to sergeant slaughter yeah but, you know like stuff like that like freaked me out but but i mean oh. for the most part yeah I, I just figured like i said i feel remiss if i didn't if I didn't mention him, you know, on yeah. this on this podcast. Cool. Uh, a couple of notes just to maybe give you a little bit of wrestling knowledge. Um, does it change your views on JYD to know that his real name was Sylvester? I think I looked up his wiki page like, <laughs> when I heard the podcast. So, so like, I, I realized he had, you know, his, his regular, you know, obviously he didn't have his... His, his his real name, his Christian name, was not his wrestling name. So no, I'm not I'm not super shocked by that. Yeah, well, it's not it's not that bad to think he was called Junkyard Dog. It's just that Sylvester's a funny name. Oh. Um. <laughs> he comes out there, ah, oh, my little baby, my little <laughs> Junkyard Dog. Mick Foley is a good choice. I really can't say anything about that. Um, I will say though, however, as far as your Sergeant Slaughter love. His best match of his career was when he beat up the uh, red snake thing in that one episode. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like in that sense, it's like I could tell. Like, the, the probably the the appeal to him was was heavily based in fiction. Just like I think uh, uh, the rock and wrestling cartoon, you know, had a lot of guys. You know, it's like Hulk Hogan had a full head of hair and, 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 you know, like, you could like Roddy Piper in They Live, but then, like, if you go and watch the cartoon, you know, you're kind of like, oh, wait, Roddy Piper's a bad guy, you know, but it's like, but wait, I want to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Like, I don't get it. Like, what's, what's the deal, you know? He, he was also Roscoe P. Coltrane for some reason, because I just remember him going, like, a lot in the rock and wrestling cartoon. I never understood why. No, the main reason why I like the Sergeant Slaughter versus the Red Snake guy match was... 
just after he beat him, he like literally beat him into protoplasm, and he goes, "Ew, gross." <laughs> just like just such a random thing to say after you beat the crap out of someone. But um, actually, all good picks. Uh, two of the guys are legends. Slaughter is still with the WWE. Actually, he's uh, more of a backstage guy. He comes out every once in a while, and then uh, uh, he gets his ass kicked pretty much. But uh, <laughs> but he's still there. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, JYD, unfortunately, he has he passed away, which is kind of sad. But uh, he will always be remembered for his intense charisma. So yeah, definitely definitely good choices. Um, I want to go ahead and pop over to the good professor. Who is who's your favorite wrestler or wrestlers? All-time favorite is the Big Red Machine, Kane. Cool choice, cool choice. Any any certain reason or just he's cool? Well, I mean, no, he's he's definitely cool. Um, I got into wrestling right around '97 or '98, so I mean, I was big uh, comic book guy. So hey, there's an actual supervillain like running around the the uh, WWF. Um, but the guy, he's never really put on, like, a bad match. And the dude's, like, uh, Teflon. Like, like nothing. Like, he has been put in the absolute worst angles that have ever been given to anybody. And <coughs> Katie Vick. <coughs> Katie Vick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and three months later, he's, you know, perfectly fine. Like, the fans are still like, yeah, kill him, dick, giant, bald man. <laughs> He even but, had a pretty good uh, world title run last year. That was the the only pay per view that I have missed in like two years. <laughs> uh, I was on vacation in Tokyo and I was I was checking the, the the results on the phone and he wasn't even booked like in a title match. It was just he won the Money in the Bank match and then cashed in later that night. And I'm like, oh my god, the one pay per view I've missed in two years and my guy won the friggin' belt. <laughs> oh man, that's. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> like seriously, and th- but then he held it for like six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of Kane's biggest strikes on his career, if if you follow wins and losses, I mean, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out here for anybody listening. We're all aware that wrestling is predetermined, so you know, don't think that we, you know, think it's not real to us. Damn it! Um, but uh, Kane's like one of his biggest black marks is he had won the belt once before, but it was like he held it for a day, right? Just under 24 hours, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was, it was it was nice that he actually got to keep the strap for a pretty lengthy run. Even owning his brother, The Undertaker, his storyline brother, he like beat the crap out of him. <laughs> like three months in a row, yeah. All-time best Kane memory, though, is he had a, a match scheduled with uh, The Big Show probably six or seven years ago. And even the announcers were going on like this is this is going to be the worst match. Like this is just going to be crazy, like punches and kicks and whatever. And they went on and had like a classic like 1980s style chain wrestling match. And even the announcers were like, "Well, this is not at all what we expected. Uh, how interesting." <laughs> I don't know what to think about this, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh, did you have any like runners up or? Kane, does Kane just dominate him in your head? Um, the only uh, runner-ups I've got are um, Hulk Hogan and Antonio Inoki. Uh, but that's ah. not even really because of uh, what they've done in pro wrestling so much as their contributions to human society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Antonio Inoki is, is huge in Japan, in case anybody's not aware. So he, he is legendary. I mean, and not just like 
WWE legends. You know, he is legendary, literally. It's not just, you know, a clever marketing tool. He, he's, he's widely known there, so... And of course, he founded New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he was a congressman for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 done a lot of shit, not just wrestling. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's spread his wings, as they say. Uh, Hulk Hogan. If you don't know who the hell Hulk Hogan is, even if you're not a wrestling fan, what the fuck? So yeah, I'm not even gonna <laughs> you know question why you would have Hulk Hogan as one of your uh, runners up. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go next, I believe. Um, I'm gonna pick a pick that is going to make me sound very much like your standard internet wrestling dork, but I don't care. He has always been a favorite, and I love Chris Jericho. He is a really entertaining persona. He's been one of those people who's been able to adapt. He first came on the scene, and he was a kind of a funny, kitschy kind of guy. He would he'd make jokes and you know pick on people and had very, very innovative comedy spots with his uh, character. Like, you know, list of a thousand and one moves and whatnot. As he progressed, he uh, eventually became a more, like, serious character. Donning a suit and tie and bitching about how much of a joke he he used to be and how the fans, like, were, you know, useless and he didn't respect them anymore and he was going to do it for himself. Um, And that's what I liked about him. As a bad guy, which, if you're in the know, they're, they're called heels, by most hardcore fans, and, or if he was a face, good guy, he, he, he played it off well. He could get people to boo him, and he could get people to cheer him, which a lot of wrestlers sometimes have trouble with. It's hard to get to the point where you're really popular and still get people to boo you when you decide, or when the company decides that you should be you know a villain. So I always respected him for that. And again, kind of like how you're talking about Kane, he never, he's never put on a bad match. He doesn't always have five-star classics. I mean, he's not like the guy who's just, you know, every match is just legendary and so awesome. But I've never seen a match where he wrestled and I was like, I'm bored. You know, it was like always a good match. So, yeah, I mean, Chris Jericho is just one of those guys who I've always, always really liked. Um, Runners-up for me, because I have a lot of wrestlers I like and respect, um, I would have to throw Rock up there. He's not really the greatest wrestler by any stretch of the imagination in the ring. He's energetic and whatnot, but he's definitely not the most skilled performer. He's, he's, he's athletic. I mean, he can do what he can do, but he was just such a great promo guy. He could, he could talk and talk and talk, and either, either it was hilarious or you believed that he was going to kick somebody's ass. He was just great on the microphone. And as far as, like, old-school wrestlers, I'm kind of going – really old school, and I'm going with Ricky Steamboat, because he had the same kind of quality as Jericho. While he wasn't as good on the microphone, he was really charismatic, and he was great in the ring. Um, if any of the fan holes listening are interested in wrestling, and you're just kind of getting into it, or you're not very knowledgeable about the old school, definitely look up uh, the Steamboat versus Savage match. One of the greatest matches of all time in WWF at that time history. So, yeah, yeah, those are my three picks. Um, yeah, I just like them for, I don't know, a lot of respect goes into that, I guess you would say. I respect what they've done. Uh, what about you, Justin? What's what's your favorite wrestler, or, again, wrestlers? Well, my absolute fav- favorite uh, will tie into something you just mentioned. It's uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> He's my, he was uh, a favorite of mine as a kid, and, you know, he, as an adult now, like, I 
you know, before he passed away, I watched that uh, the DVD of his. Um, what was it? I can't remember what it was called exactly. But it was like two or three discs full of, uh, you know, Macho Man matches. And I, really I think got it was Macho Madness, wasn't it? I think it was Macho Madness, yeah. But, um, yeah, you're talking about uh, his match versus uh, Ricky Steamboat at uh, WrestleMania 3. That's, it probably is one of the greatest... Uh, matches ever and it's it's probably my absolute favorite and um you know as a kid i was into i was also into you know hogan and i, I really liked ultimate warrior a lot as a kid and it's i think that's some of those things you know people like our age they kind of you know look back at the ultimate warrior and they're just kind of like you know what were we thinking liking this guy because he really <laughs> you know he was kind of crazy he gave these really you know from outer space promos and he frequently talked about <laughs> outer space you know like load this spaceship with the rocket fuel take the intercontinental belt back take it back the parts i know load the spaceship with the rocket fuel load it with the wires because after SummerSlam, the belt will be mine taking but control last, of last time i checked he was from outer space wasn't he <laughs> <laughs> he may be he may be a scroll um <laughs> But yeah, like, I don't know if they're that if they're that clever. <laughs> <laughs> the Skrulls' ultimate plan is to replace key members of entertainment and uh, take over from within. I know, right? <laughs> um, I know, right? But uh, like, I I still appreciate you know some uh, some Ultimate Warrior, even though he puts out some you know crazy YouTube videos now where he's you know talking smack about Hogan or whatever. But. Uh, but uh, for all-time favorite, I have to give that to Macho Man. Um, as far as, like, current-day guys, I'd probably have to go with, like, you know, Mysterio and CM Punk, who I've been, I've been enjoying his storylines uh, pretty much. Yeah, I, w- I was really torn about CM Punk. I, he was going to definitely be a runner-up. But he's, he's still, like, in the prime of his WWE career, really. He's yeah. just now recently caught fire, so I'm still waiting to see what they do with him. But he, he's a candidate. He, he's really been awesome the last couple of months so but uh, uh and, and, and if fan hole fans don't like wrestling if you don't care about it seriously still look up warrior youtube cause he's just ridiculously funny I mean just his delivery when he's doing his little uh uh speeches and stuff like Hulk Hogan I will fly up to the plane and rip off the door and pull you out, Hulk Hogan. I'm like, did he just say he was going to murder him in a plane? <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't even want to watch that, just look up um, his uh, Slim Jim commercial. I know we always associate Macho Man with Slim Jim, but uh, Ultimate Warrior um, did a lot of promos for Slim Jim too, and like they're vastly different. It's like Ultimate Warrior were bust in with a bunch of Slim Jims, and it's like his whole attitude, it's like you think that he's gonna murder you if you don't eat the Slim Jim. It's like, what, what were they? What were the Slim Jim guys thinking? Getting the Ultimate Warrior to sell their stuff because he's just so out of his mind. Step into a Slim Jim, or I will come into your house at night and kill you. They're like, ah, <laughs> the hell, man! Can't yeah. buy a damn well, Slim Jim. Pack the Slim Jims, please. <laughs> Step away from the Slim Jims. <laughs> Load a spaceship with the Slim Jims. <laughs> Jubes? Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ultra Wear. Uh, yeah, you know what? I am, I will back you up on one thing. Yeah, yeah he's batshit fucking crazy. Uh, a wonderful little trivia note for our listeners. He actually legally changed his name to Warrior. 
Yeah. His original name was Jim Helwig, and that's his birth name. But he changed his name to fucking like like Warrior Helwig or Jim Warrior, one of those two. And God, Warrior Warrior. Is it Warrior Warrior now? Because sure for a while Warrior. Nice. That's even better. But yeah, yeah, he legally changed his name to that so he could keep his supposed empire with his image and whatnot, you know, copyrighted. And I guess I, I just think he wanted to be called Warrior myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. When I was 8, 9, 10, yeah, I thought Warrior was awesome. He'd run down the ring, he'd shake the ropes, and he would murder guys in, like, 10 seconds. And, yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, one of the funnier things a lot of uh, hardcore wrestling fans like to pick on people about is uh, Triple H had a match with him, and Warrior, like, destroyed him in, like, five seconds. It was really funny. This was before Triple H obviously became a major player. It was when he first came in the WWE. But, yeah, it was, it was just hilarious to see the the game, you know, the Cerebral Assassin just get annihilated in, like, 30-second squash. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can't hang on the Warrior for my memories, but I can laugh at him now for his insanity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, we shall move on from this uh, topic. We we have loaded the rocket ship with fuel to blast off again <laughs> <laughs> to a uh, new and greener pasture. Um, I will admit I am uh, a little knowledgeable about this, not a lot. The main reason I wanted uh, the good professor here is because he's probably the most knowledgeable about this subject. Um, I don't even think I say it right. How's the proper way to say it, good professor? Uh, it's protesu. It's, you, you combine pro and su, <coughs> so pro desu. Okay. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Uh, yeah, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, he does live in the country, after all. He he has a better grasp of the language. But yeah, it's basically Japanese pro wrestling. They do have a lot of things that American wrestling has. In case you feel like it's vastly different. I mean, there are characters, there are you know storylines and whatnot. But it, it's taken a little bit more seriously in Japan as far as there's a lot of respect there. If you watch a lot of old, uh, even current matches, you know, the Japanese audience, they don't hold up signs. They don't usually go crazy. Um, if there's a good chain ex- chain wrestling exchange, they usually clap very politely for uh, respect shown for good wrestling. I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be matches in some, you know, federations where they do go all crazy. But, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, New Japan and stuff. Usually it's very classy. I see a lot of guys in business suits and whatnot. But yeah, that, like that's that's more or less what I know. I know like a lot of the older guys, like Giant Baba, um, Antonio Inoki, stuff like that. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to the good professor first of all, because like I said, he knows much more about it than I do. Well, you're right. It, it is. It's taken a lot more seriously. Uh, but that that's not to say that people in Japan think that it's all real and unscripted. It's just kind of like we accept that certain entertainment is scripted and we don't tend to harp on it so much. Um, so it's kind of like, well, okay, so 24 gets to be scripted and taken seriously, but uh, wrestling isn't. We don't really have that uh, distinction here. Um, but it's it's much more uh, accessible to new viewers. Like if, if you watch like the most recent uh, WWE pay-per-view, and you're trying to explain what's going on. You're like, okay, well, this guy, you know, he impregnated this other guy's wife, but it turned <laughs> out not to be, and then he ran over this other dude with a car, but it was a rental car, which he had borrowed from a guy from, you know, space, uh, so now they're going <laughs> to wrestle. 
Yeah, um, he did it for The Rock. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it for The Rock, uh, <laughs> who completely disavows it. No, it's like, so what's going on here? This guy's going to wrestle this guy. Why? For honor. What do they get? Well, the, the winner gets to say that he, he beat the other guy. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to watch. It, like, you don't need, like, six years of backstory. Um, you can just go to, like, any random show, and, like, there, there might be, a, like, a quick mention of... And, and, and there is. There's usually like a, a little video promo of, like, these guys have wrestled before here and here, and now this match will, you know, be a, a turning point. Okay, now sit down, shut up, clap when there's a nice chain, and let's enjoy it. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I mentioned earlier about, like, uh, if you can make it to Japan, you can make it anywhere. It, it's not just because they have a lot of good wrestlers there, which they do. Uh, there's some who come over here who some people may know uh, off the top of my head. Jushin, Thunder Liger, uh, Ultimo Dragon, uh, Tanaka wrestled here for a little bit. Uh, even in the Attitude Era, there was uh, Taka Michinoku. Um, friggin' uh, Shofunaki had a career in WWE for like 10 fucking years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they. I, but uh, the reason I, I said that, like, if you can make it in Japan, you make it anywhere is I think especially professionally, like, behind the scenes, they don't take a lot of shit. You you have to be good to get over there. You just can't, like, you know, go out there and do a couple of moves and be like, you know, ha-ha, I'm exciting because I have good mic skills and I'm flashy. You actually have to know your craft there. Very true. Um, in fact, a few months ago at the uh, Antonio Inoki show in Fukuoka, there was a match between... I believe it was um, Sylvester Turquay and uh, <laughs> uh, Luke Gallows. Oh, is that where he went? Okay, cool. Yeah, and the, the match was so terrible that after about five minutes, uh, Antonio Inoki himself came out and just started yelling <laughs> to these guys to just finish it, finish it, this is bullshit. Like, uh, and then he walked over to the booker and smacked the booker for allowing such a travesty to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that and is awesome. We're sitting there in the crowd and we're like, what the, what is Inoki doing out here? What, why did he just go and hit Chono? Like, what? And then, you know, you got home and you, you, you had to read like the thing. It's like, yeah, he was just really upset at how bad the match was. It, it was, it was like, it was embarrassing the show. Yeah. But like, uh, just to give like, uh, a couple of the fans, a little bit of a reality check about how just because over here if you can't get popular it doesn't mean you don't have any talent guys like Albert from TNA uh, Bart Gunn uh, Tyson Tomko they have all had actually pretty good careers over in Japan they've actually showed that they can wrestle or at least I heard about Tomko I could be wrong somebody said he was doing good in Japan but you know Although there's still the, the Andre the Giant uh, appeal, which is if you are just an unbelievably huge monster, you can still get over as a special attraction. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Bob, you know, Bob Sapp has made a career on that. Yeah, I was about to say, like, one of the biggest draws, who is American wrestler, Big Van Vader was huge in Japan, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he barely got over in WWE. He got, he got really shittily treated there. That's That's just me. But, uh, I mean, come on. The guy was, like, almost 400 pounds and could do a damn moonsault. What the hell? Why can you not push that man? <laughs> because uh, he 
very well might have injured uh, very important talents. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, like the 400-pound moonsault <laughs> is fine until three of your main eventers are on the shelf. <laughs> It's because they're pussies. Oh, no, just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, Maybe, but from a marketing standpoint, you can't have your, your top guys all all squished. Yeah. Well, made injuries. Well, I heard a couple of times, uh, Big Van Vader, for, for the record, his real name is Leon White. He, he had a tendency of uh, going stiff. Uh, wrestling is predetermined. They do practice their spots, as they're called. But just as you could have injuries where if you screw up, you can really hurt yourself. There are a few wrestlers out there who really enjoy the old school uh, tactic that if you piss them off during a match or if you just fuck up bad enough, and it happens in Japan too, I've seen videos, so it's not oh, just yeah. American or, yeah, or Mexican thing, they will go stiff on you, meaning they will beat the fuck out of you. And <laughs> like over here, a guy who is well known for it is uh, William Regal and uh, Bradshaw, they are known to work stiff. The Brashaw can't take a fucking punch back. He, like, folds like a folding chair if he gets hit back. But uh, William Regal's a good example. If he hits you like he wants to hurt you, it hurts because he was a boxer. So <laughs> you never want to piss off a guy who actually can fight. It's it's not a good idea. But Leon White, uh, Big Man Bader, was known for that. If he got pissed off, he would go stiff. And, yeah, like you said, while it's entertaining as fuck, it also, you don't want, like, your main eventer put out for a couple of months because some guy got pissed off. I understand that. So, well, with Vader, it wasn't that he would be a. a he wasn't doing it to get back at anyone. That's just the Japanese style. It's much harder hitting than uh, you're used to in the uh, well, the then WWF. Um, and they say like, well, you know, it looks real because it is real. He's a very large man hitting you. Yeah, exactly. It's like. People don't understand that, like, just because it's scripted and they do practice their moves, I mean, the shit still hurts. I mean, you cannot jump off the top rope and land on someone and it feel good. Well, yeah. have any of you actually been in a wrestling ring? I have actually been in a pro wrestling ring, not a, like, major, you know, federation or anything, but uh, one of my friends in Ohio was a, uh indie pro wrestler, and his uh, trainer... Uh, said I could get in the ring and take a couple of moves, so I've been body slammed, clotheslined, and got a leg drop. And you know what one hurt the most? The fucking leg drop. <laughs> well, yeah, you're being sandwiched in between, you know, man and that that canvas. It's not a trampoline. It's not like a, a mattress. It no, it's not, like, not a lot of give. It feels like um, like wet grass. Like there's yeah, very very little <laughs> give to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, there's there's you know there's a real aspect to it, you know, and that's one of the things that I don't like about the whole sport entertainment moniker WWE came up with. It's like, yeah, I mean, they, there's stuff that is scripted, but this shit still kind of hurts, dude. I mean, <laughs> there's only so much you can fake in certain aspects, you know. It's just, it's just I don't know. A lot of people got really into the fake thing in the '80s because WWE was really fake in the 80s. They did have a lot more choreographed stuff where they really weren't trying to hurt anybody. And WWE does get a lot of flack for, uh, I'm sure you've heard it mentioned many times, safe style. 
which, you know, that's subjective. I don't know if it's really safe. They're, they do do a couple of interesting moves. But, I mean, yeah, wrestling is very physically punishing. One of the reasons why there's so many tragedies and uh, <clears throat> horror stories about drug-related deaths, it's not because these guys are drug druggies, you know, really. It's because they get addicted to pain pills and whatnot because they are always, like, sore or hurting, you know? But, you know, not to be a downer. I should I should go to a more, like, <laughs> happier thing. Um, and, uh, the good professor kind of gone back and forth about, uh, pure, pure wrestle, pro Have you ever seen anything, uh, from the, uh, Land of the Rising Sun there, Justin? I, I have not, unfortunately, but, uh, it, it does sound like something I want to get into, you know, when, when I started getting back into wrestling, you know, the past, you know, since this spring, I guess, like, one of the things I did worry about, you know, something Smooth mentioned is, you know, I, I haven't really paid attention to it from... You know, from week to week watching it, I haven't really paid that much attention to it since, you know, um, like the heyday of, you know, Warrior and Macho Man. So I kind of worried about, you know, like, well, there's all, you know, so much story to catch up on, you know, and all this stuff. Like, I mean, I caught a few matches during, you know, Attitude Era and stuff, but it wasn't, you know, like, I wasn't, you know, as into it. I just kind of know knew what was going on, so... Um, you know, being able to get into something, you know, and it's just as simple as, you know, like, okay, these two guys are going to wrestle, and whoever wins gets the honor of winning. Like, that sounds something I could get into. Yeah, it is a, it's a familiar creature, but it's still a different creature, too. So, you know, I mean, it's it's very enjoyable. The uh, Japanese version of sports entertainment assumes that sports are entertaining without the need of uh, 80% of the show being storyline. All right, cool. Um, I appreciate everybody's insights on that, especially uh, the good professors. Uh, If you have never seen a Japanese match, let me just put it this way. Hulk Hogan is actually seen as a pretty decent technical wrestler in Japan. There you go. Look that up. got about 40 minutes to kill. Check out Hulk Hogan versus Antonio Inoki on YouTube. Especially, yeah. like, from, from start to finish, uh, especially the crazy introductions to hear oh, someone yeah. out-pop Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan does get a good pop, but, yeah, not near, yeah, not even near, you know, he's, yeah. But, yeah, it's actually a good match. You see Hogan wrestle. It's not just the whole, you know, boot, you know, three punches, boot, leg drop. Yeah, it's not, it's not just that, so it's kind of interesting. In Japan... Um, the entire company wouldn't go out of business if Hulk Hogan sprained an ankle. Whereas, while he's wrestling for the WWF, if Hulk Hogan misses a show, everybody loses a lot of money. Again, true, yeah. Yeah, indeed. They they pretty much had their entire company centered around him for a while. So, Same with John Cena now. That's why everybody's like, turn Cena heel! <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um... <laughs> But yeah, if you if you like, uh, I think the best way to put it is, is if you think American wrestling is a little too over the top and a little too cartoony, watch some Japan wrestling. It, it like like I said, it's taken a lot more seriously. It's still fun. I mean, it's not boring. You know, just because it's a little more serious does not mean it's not entertaining by any stretch of the imagination. There are plenty of guys who do have, like I said, the uh, flashy costumes, especially some of the high flyers. You know, and there's a lot of different uh, federations, just like America. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit more, like I said, respected. They have a lot of respect there, which is, again, not a bad thing. It's it's, it's a, a lot more refreshing in a lot of ways. 
Um, to uh, switch gears and continents, we're going to talk about Lucha Libre. This got a really bad rap from Nacho Libre. Fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> it's not a true story, though. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what makes it even sadder. Is um, it really? It is. I did not know that. So there was a Spanish monk who was making uh, large amounts of money for, for his orphanage by moonlighting <laughs> as a pro wrestler. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as comical. Oh, wait, neither was the movie. Um, uh, It wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't, but... It wasn't that good either, but, I mean... Again, as long as Bucky Larson, born to be a star, is still fucking <laughs> coming out, there is always a worse comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, not gonna see that one. Uh, Lucha Libre though is uh, is Mexican pro wrestling, basically more or less. Um, there's a couple of different federations, again, much like Japan. Uh, the biggest difference is is it is a lot more of a kind of flash presentation thing, as far as how it's shown. Because, like I said, there is uh, is Technicos, by the way, are the good guys, and Rudos, which are the bad guys. Almost everybody wears a mask. The mask is a very important part of Lucha Libre. That's why a lot of Mexican wrestlers, when they come to America, have a mask. It's not just because, you know, oh, it's 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 flashy, it's cool. It's like, no, it's actually a part of a lot of the history and even the kind of presentation of how they are. In Mexico, if there's a mask versus mask match, it's a big fucking deal. Because usually it's a long-standing feud, and when these people lose their mask, it's almost seen as a sign of dishonor in their culture. I mean, because there's people who've been in Lucha Libre who have gone on kind of like Inoki to be, like, political figures and whatnot. You know, it's, it's, it's really slightly amusing, but also very interesting that these stars get such reputations. Uh, one of the reasons why so many people were so big on Sin Cara is he was known as uh, Mystico in Mexico and he was a huge star. He was pretty much on the level of John Cena or The Rock or Stone Cold in Mexico. He was a big, big, big fucking deal. So that's why he's been getting like such a push now, even though he's a different guy now. But it, yeah, there's... It, Lucha Libre has a very long-standing tradition. Uh, one of the biggest differences between Lucha Libre style and, like, you know, North American wrestling or Japanese wrestling, very, a lot of, lot of wrestlers use a lot of high-flying moves, a lot of risky, daring type of maneuvers and whatnot. It's a little more dangerous, considering you can break your neck if you don't land right, but at the same time, it makes for very exciting, uh, quick matches. Um, that's just my uh, two cents to start off with. I know I was uh, just opening the topic, but that's pretty much what I think about it. Um, I've, I was been, I've been a fan of Lucha Libre ever since they came into uh, w- WCW in the 90s, late 90s, and I started watching actual, you know, the actual Mexican matches, and I, I've enjoyed it ever since. Uh, what about you, uh, Justin? Are you a big fan of Lucha or not really seen too much of it? No, I haven't really seen too much of it, but, you know, going back to something you just mentioned, uh, you know, just their energy and you know the acrobatics and all the technical you know complex moves they uh, pull off. Like I can remember the first time seeing like Rey Mysterio doing a match. You know, just looking through the channel watching and coming across that, I was just like, holy crap, who is this guy? This is awesome! Like, you know, it was just so different from what I was used to. Like, you know, that's one of the things that kind of brought me back. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a totally different style. I mean, they're very technical in a lot of respects. 
but yeah, they do have moves where you're just like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, I know you're probably a little bit uh, more knowledgeable than uh, our good friend Justin, uh, Professor, so like, I don't know if you're as big a fan as you are about uh, Lucha, or are you a pretty big fan? I'm sure it's just a matter of time, but at, and at the moment I'm not so into uh, Lucha. I, I devote enough time to, to pro wrestling in, in Japan, and especially in uh, the U.S., that I just I can't stick another continent's worth of, of wrestling on my... Yeah, because Mexico seems to have a show every other night. Yeah. So I, I can understand that. Um, but have you have you seen a couple of lucha matches, or, or have you been impressed by what you saw seen, or not really caught oh, that yeah. much? I've, I've I've caught a few matches on YouTube, and of course I've seen all like the the highlight reels of like Sin Cara when he was Mystico, and uh, Alberto Del Rio back when he was like Dos Caras too. Um, but yeah, there's just there's so much of it to watch. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's got a long history in Mexico. Uh, interesting thing, I actually saw. Alberto Del Rio last year at a, hash, at a house show for Raw and he actually came out to uh, Dos Caras. It was kind of cool. Really? It, yeah, yeah. He, he beat the crap out of gold dust. Oh. <laughs> really? Was, well, that yeah. never happens. Yeah, I know. Goldust is such a badass. <laughs> Poor Dustin Runnels. I love the guy. He's a great character, but damn, he's just so so much of a jobber now. But, uh, but yeah, even then... You could tell he was going to be kind of a big deal really quick. <laughs> um, that's an inside joke from uh, WWE.com. Somebody put up a profile for Alberto Del Rio, and in the copy that they put up, they did the standard hyping, like, oh, it's Alberto Del Rio, this rich Mexican you know, entrepreneur who is coming to WWE to reign terror, and uh, you know, his ego is massive, but his skill is just as great. And then in the copy, they forgot to delete this, and it actually said, okay, how does that sound? Because I heard this guy is supposed to be a really big deal pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> it was taken down rather quickly, but more than a few people caught it. <laughs> it's like, whoops. <laughs> and since he's the world champion in under a year that he's been there, pretty much true. Um, so I guess you have to give them that. But yeah, yeah, check out some Lucha Libre. It's, it's pretty good stuff. It's, yeah, again, just like Japanese wrestling, it's a kind of a different creature. It's, there's stuff you will see that you will say, oh, that seems similar. But again, the high-flying, the almost reckless abandon. I guarantee you one thing, listeners, if you watch a Mystico match and you watch a Sin Cara match, you will notice a major difference. I think even Kevin will give you that. But yeah, would you agree, though, uh, on that? Like, he, he, he definitely seems a lot more energetic in Mexico. Well, yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of that is just that they've told him, like, hey, don't kill our guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, again, being so popular there, he gets a little bit more free reign. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, check it out, guys. What's that smell? <laughs> We're going to move on to side projects. This really is a large topic in a way, because wrestling is not what it was. It used to be just two fat, sweaty guys who were pretty tough and could take a lot of damage to each other. And it's really evolved beyond that. It's, it's gone to where 
these people are popular culture icons. You know, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin, you have The Rock, you have John Cena, uh, Rey Mysterio. I mean, all these people have done side projects like movies. Uh, Derek was talking about earlier the rock and wrestling cartoon show. They, there's just so many things out there that it's just insane. We're just going to like kind of go over kind of like a round table discussion. I want to start with the first one because while I am usually very positive about wrestling as it is a hobby of mine, I'm going to ask you guys, what is the worst crossover or side project from wrestling you've ever seen? And I'll, I'll start off with, uh, let's, let's go with Justin. What do, you, what do you think was something that just like, really, they did that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, there's so many bad things. Like, all those recent movies that have wrestlers in them. Like, uh, what was Triple H's movie? The Chaperone or something? Yeah. Yeah, uh, like, I, wa- I watched, like, five minutes. Yeah, like, I, I watched, like, five minutes of it. I'm just like, I no, I'm going to turn it to something else that's good, but... Uh, I gotta log out. Fuck, I'm not online. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as like other bad things, like I don't know. Let's yeah. much a man's is rap album. <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> yeah, like I can remember the first time I heard that a, a good buddy of mine. We were going up to town, just like you know, going to comic stores and stuff. And he uh, he's like, hey, I got a new CD. I want you to listen to. It. I was like, okay. So he puts it in, and you know, it, it, it comes on, and I'm just like. Is this Randy Savage rapping? <laughs> and he just looked at me and started laughing. I was like, "Is this, is this a joke or something?" He's like, "Nope, this is a real, actual album." I was like, "Why? What made <laughs> what made him think this is a good idea that like he could rap and rap well and sell a rap album?" Like I, it's, I still can't wrap my brain around that. But uh, you know, Hogan also put out an album like you know. Back in the heyday of uh, Hulkamania, and it's pretty bad too. Yeah, um, the WD actually, WWE actually put out two or three albums that were actually they do it now, but it's mostly theme songs. But there have been a couple of really just sad ones. There was a Pile Driver, which uh, which actually I, <clears throat> I I may have to channel Brian. I don't know if he can hear me somehow, but. Coco Beware had a song on there called Pile Driver. <laughs> and and the uh the uh chorus was Your Love is like a pile driver and I'm kinda like <laughs> that's not romantic. <laughs> that's what you think, Tony. That's what you think. <laughs> um I'm gonna go ahead and throw in mine because it's gonna be short and sweet because just like my comments, it was short and sweet as far as how long it existed. WWE uh, chairman, owner, whatever, promoter, however, whatever title he chooses this week, Vince McMahon thought it would be really awesome, and since it came from his billions and on the back of the wrestling promotion that he started, well, not started, but uh, inherited from his father, he thought it'd be great if he would start a football league. And there was the <laughs> XFL. I remember this. Yeah, Smash Mouth Football is what it was called. A lot of things came from that that were just horrible, including games. It was universally panned as not being very fun as far as uh, sport, because they really did play football. It wasn't like wrestling where it was scripted and stuff. They played actual games. It wasn't like, you know, 
one of the quarterbacks would grab a steel chair and start whacking people over the head with it. <laughs> uh, probably would have been better if they had. Probably would have been better. One of the things I really remember about it, though, is uh, on the jerseys, because, again, Vincent Man is all about characters and, and, and getting people popular by their personalities, he would let the players put their nicknames on the back of their jerseys instead of just their last names like, you know, real football is. And there's one guy called He Hate Me, and somehow he became one of the more popular people in the uh, league just because of his really stupid jersey. Like, he hate me! Like, who hates you? <laughs> like, I don't know who hates you. Tell me. Explain. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not really sure. I think the XFL only lasted one, like, season as far as what they played. Yep. Yeah. And it was swept very quietly under the rug. It was never to be seen again, so... Um, Derek, I, I, again, I know you're not very knowledgeable about wrestling, but I, know, I do know you know a lot of pop, pop culture stuff, so was there something wrestling-related that just kind of made you go, ow, no? Uh, I mean, I, you know, the, the only thing I can give a nod to is, uh, and, and the only reason why I know about this is not because I'm such a frequent reader of wrestling comics, but I guess uh, uh, Linkara and uh, Spoonie did their their thing on the Ultimate Warriors comic book or whatever, <laughs> man, that's, like, you know, I mean, it, it, it's tough to watch their review, but not because the review is so, like, awful or anything, but just because the comic, like, it, it, it's hard to transcend how awful that, it's like, you can't, you can't do a review without, like, having them read passages from the comic book and to sort of show you how awfully it's written, but to actually like hear somebody read it, it's it's like twice as awful. So like it's just it's just kind of like the art's bad and the, the 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 concept and the writing's pretty awful. Like I mean I know you said like the Ultimate Warrior, kind of like he's like from outer space. Well, this is kind of like a comic book written by somebody who doesn't have a grasp of the English language and is from outer space. <laughs> and, then, and watching their review on it, it's like watching two guys read. You know, trying to tr- translate and decipher and like make jokes about like some kind of ancient Incan, you know, alien legend or something, you know. So like, and you know, whenever you, you know, whenever I saw that, I was like, geez, like I couldn't even really watch the whole thing, but like jumping around, it's like I can just, I can tell you that that comic book, like I was like, wow, no wonder nobody's ever read this. Like this is fucking terrible. So that, that my, my vote would go to the the Ultimate Warrior comic book. All I have to say about the Ultimate Warrior comics is I'm not sure because they never showed this totally, but as far as I could tell, he beat up Santa Claus, stole his clothes, and may have raped him. So that's all you need to know, folks. So, because he's, he's standing over Santa Claus in one panel, and he's tugging on his friggin' big red trousers, and Santa Claus is mostly naked, and he looks like he's just gotten, like, you know roughed up pretty good, and you're just like, how far did you go, warrior? How far did you go? This ain't your father's ultimate warrior. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. He has a a big bullet right in the top of his head. (laughs) Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, What what about you, uh, Kevin? What was something that just was just, oh, God, no, that makes no sense. Why'd you do this? There isn't anything. Uh, (laughs) I I love it all. I've I've enjoyed pretty much every crazy like wrestling uh, side project, even if it's just to appreciate how crazy it is. 
Um, but really, the only thing I haven't been able to find much redeeming value in is those new uh, WWE comic books. And oh, the one where Hunter saved I the can, world. I can read by going just like, oh my god, this is why I don't understand what's going on here. It like I, I'd imagine it would be like what what the WWE would be like to somebody who has never encountered wrestling and is just blind drunk. <laughs> and then said, write a comic book about it. Yeah. I know I know the ones you're talking about. Yeah, they... It seems like whenever comic companies get a hold of wrestling uh, personalities, they're like, oh, well, fans don't want to read about wrestling. We're going to give Kevin Nash a storyline where he's in a post-apocalyptic universe and he's a secret agent. It's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that kind of stuff I can kind of get behind because that's hilarious. Like, okay, well, we got like big badass dude. Okay, let's let's stick him in some crazy situation. But these new comics were like, okay, so it starts off like it's, it's like it's at WrestleMania, and guys are wrestling. And it's okay, and then like the Antichrist shows up and starts like taking hostages, and the wrestlers are all like, what are we gonna do? wrestling and then there's <laughs> demons and like Chris Jericho gets shot in the face or something and then like no! right in the middle of it there's like a heel turn <laughs> and like I, I, I and none of that's a joke but um, uh, no, uh, yeah, like the said, entire I, I read series them, yeah. is continued into like a two issue miniseries that features like Rey Mysterio and The Undertaker on like a cross-country motorcycle ride through, like, the desert. Are, are they on the same motorcycle? <laughs> in, in order to read these comic books, I have to pay $4 an issue plus about 10 or $15 to have them shipped. So, wow. $20 Rey Mysterio Undertaker cross-country Death Valley bike journey. That's where I. That's where I drew the line, and I can find a better use for twenty dollars. Is, is the Undertaker the bitch, or is Rey Mysterio the bitch on the bike, or do they have two separate bikes? After uh, Triple H's brother, the Antichrist, showing up, I don't even want to speculate as to what could have happened with whoever. He's got the bitch seat, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. maybe it was really good. Like, like maybe I missed out. I've I, I read synopsis of those comics. I didn't even pay for them, but I read some stuff online. And, yeah, Kevin is right. They make no sense. Triple H's brother is the Antichrist, and he's like, should you appear in Jerusalem to make your grand religious reveal? No, I'm going to go to the Dunkin' Donuts Arena and uh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> just, just uh, fuck up a Raw show. Like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> there's, there's no promotion in uh, in Jerusalem. you got to go big, baby. you got to go big. <laughs> go big or go home. Um, but on the on the flip side, um, I, I will I will give credit to where credit's due. They have done some really entertaining things as far as cross pollination. I'm going to talk about my favorite one, which has actually been featured on WrestleCrap. It gets a lot of flack, but you know what? I don't give a crap. When I was a kid and I saw this, I marked out like a little bitch. Uh, it was oh god, I can't remember the pay per view name. I want to say Capital Punishment, and Sting is going to be facing Ric Flair, and he gets locked in a cage, 
and he can't get out. And all the horsemen are like, you know, dancing around like, woo wee, we got Sting, woo, we can't wrestle. I don't really understand how this would work because he just can't have the match and they'll just schedule for another pay-per-view, but it's okay. Um, yeah, you really beat him. But no, no, we're not done yet, folks. Because what happens? Sting, who cannot escape his, you know, iron cage of doom, has backup. Who comes out? RoboCop. Fucking <laughs> RoboCop walks slowly down the ramp. <laughs> and the whole time I'm marking out, like I said, you know, now I can see how silly it was, but at the time I was like, fuck yeah, RoboCop. And walks, <laughs> walks slowly down the ramp. Uh, pulls on the obviously fake by now bars to rip the door off and just proceeds to turn around, not hit anybody, not get involved in any kind of match or anything, but just stare at the four horsemen who is like Ric Flair's little wrestling group. And they proceed to shit their pants and run away. <laughs> and I was Drop like, it, creep. <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> I work for Ric Flair! Ric Flair! But yeah, I, 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 like I said, I don't care. It's cheesy, it's silly, but it's kind of like what uh, Kevin was saying. It's like, some of the stuff that is most outrageous, you're like, when you're, especially when you're a kid, you're just like, fuck yeah! RoboCop! You know, just, I don't know. I was a big fan of RoboCop, still am, despite Alpha Commando. So, yeah, that just, I don't know, that, that made my day. I was like, because they, they even hyped it. Like, the, it was like, you should have known it was coming, because even during, like, the pay-per-view commercials, they were like, Sting's coming to Capital Punishment. He's got backup. And they actually did use the whole line, Get her alive. You're coming with me, creep. <laughs> it was like, you knew he was going to do something, but still, I don't know. I, I, I guess I was easily impressed, but still, I don't care. It was it was fun. Uh, what, about, what about you, uh, Kevin? What was something that, like, I know you said you are a fan of most of it, but what's one crossover or outside venture that you were just like, that's just fucking brilliant. I love that. Absolutely brilliant type thing, huh? Or um, something just made you mark out like an eight-year-old like me. <laughs> Ooh, that... Because I mean, I'm... Whenever I'm watching pro wrestling, I'm always in, in mark mode. Uh, in, in much the same way that, you know, it's like I understand that it's scripted, but, you know, you can suspend your uh, disbelief. Oh yeah, but, if it's good enough, you get lost in it. You know, you do. Well, I, I don't. I don't like to qualify it of if it's good enough or not. It's just that okay, I am watching this, and no matter what happens, I am going to continue suspending my disbelief. So I really like when they make that almost impossible. Like when they when, when they throw something at you, like oh, this this guy in WCW is legit represented by Arliss. The guy, the character from HBO, like, okay, well, that's that's weird, but all right, I can see that happening. I guess the WCW universe and the Arliss universe overlap, but then uh, at the I, same I, time, I might, I might be, I might be able to trump you on that. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. Uh, is it what I'm thinking? It is the WCW universe and the Arliss universe overlap, and they are in the same continuity as the RoboCop movies, and just inexplicably, also, Chucky. Chucky yeah. exists in the WCW universe, not as a homicidal doll, but as a vaguely homicidal doll that has a problem with Rick Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Steiner! What you doing, Steiner? 
like, yes, absolutely yes, that you hyped the big reveal of, like, the higher power of whoever's after Rick Steiner, and, of course, it's Chucky. And I was like, bravo, WCW. Thank you for making my, my brain open passageways that would, uh, would, which would have otherwise gone completely unused forever. <laughs> the, the greatest thing about the Chucky reveal is, like, obviously since he's a fucking doll, he couldn't come out or anything. He couldn't, like, you know, like have a guy walking behind him, walking him down the damn ramp. Yeah, the whole, like, exchange takes place with Chucky on the screen. He's just on the screen yelling and calling insults to Rick Steiner and making Scott Steiner about shit a brick. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, was... what do you do? Oh, my God, Chucky is real, and he's very upset with me. I don't At know work. why. Apparently he fucked Jennifer Tilly on the side or some shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, I, I, I still have you beat. You didn't say the thing I thought you were going to say. You can trump Chucky. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know I can because you saw this. Not only is the, the WCW this universe where Chucky, RoboCop, and all this other wackiness exists, but David Arquette can win the fucking world championship. <laughs> yeah. You didn't mind that? Uh, that was always a big thing for me. It just he was, and, and it was all because – I think the thing that like made me laugh so much was because – it was all to promote the big WCW crossover movie, Ready to Rumble, which was, again, a horrible fucking movie. You didn't like Ready to Rumble? <sighs> oh, I loved it as a cheesy movie, but as far as a good movie, I mean, yeah, it's not an Oscar movie at all, but as far as, like, <laughs> this movie's horrible, I'm laughing. Yeah, I'll give it that. I, I think it's the, the best representation the, the best representation of, of pro wrestling that you can get in a movie. <laughs> where, like, it's it's scripted... But, like, okay, it's scripted, but there is some, some, like, legit drama going on behind the scenes. Hey, it has Oliver Platt. Um, <laughs> also Oliver Platt. Yes, exactly. Um, no, well, you know, that is kind of nice. It's refreshing to know that, like, there's people out there who still enjoy their hobby. It's, it's nice that you don't, like, totally give a shit. You can appreciate the crap for the crap, but not in a bad way. You're like, it's fun. It's just silly. It's it's, it's entertainment. So that's that's good. It's, it's, it's nice to see that these people are just like not negative and like, oh, I hate this and that's why they should die. It's like, no, it's 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 horrible, but it's funny as hell or it's entertaining as hell. So fuck it. So apparently, Ready to Rumble is known in Japan as Headlock. Go, go. American wrestling. <laughs> I did not know that. I yeah, didn't either. According to, you know, who knows, Wikipedia could be, could be lying to me, but, but that's what it says here, so. Nice. Uh, what about you, Derek? Was there anything that came out of, like, wrestling that was just, like, I, I, I imagine you're probably going to say rock and wrestling. Yeah, I think, I think that's the main thing why I knew who all these guys were. I mean, besides Sergeant Slaughter, you know, like, that, that, that was why, you know, I was trying to look, because, because I haven't seen it in years, and I, I looked up some stuff on YouTube here and there, but uh, for some reason, I don't know if my memory's playing with me or not, but the intro that I keep seeing on YouTube is not the intro I remember. Like, I just wanted to see Hulk Hogan, like, turn the American flag into a hang glider, because that's what I remember the most distinctly from the cartoon, but I didn't see it on YouTube, so I don't know if I'm just making that up now or not, but I could have sworn, like, there's, like, a scene where Hulk Hogan, like, is, you know, jumping out of the 
uh, out of like a building, and people are like, "Oh no, he's gonna he's gonna splat!" And the next the next scene, it's like he's used his wrestling uh, super strength to you know bend the flagpole into a hang glider, and he's like flying after the bad guys or something. So. Um, as, as far as I remember, I don't remember a lot about rock and wrestling. So I remember Roddy Roddy Piper being very overly you know, and I remember Hulk Hogan having hair. <clears throat> but I do remember the theme song, kinda. <clears throat> it was like dun 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 dun. It was like real life Hulk Hogan. He's like swarmed by kids, which is kind of maybe wrong. maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't in the intro, but but maybe it was in like one of the episodes or something. Cause oh, okay, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out because I guess I'd have to you know look yeah. it up or something like that. But I I distinct I distinctly have memories of Hulk Hogan. You know. Bending a flagpole into a hang glider and flying after, like, Roddy Piper and his guys in, in their car or something. And I thought that was pretty awesome. And then when I was when I was looking stuff up, uh, one of the other connections for people who are fans of, like, Turtles or Fresh Prince or whatever, uh, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Phil uh, or Shredder is, uh, is also the voice for Junkyard Dog on that cartoon. So, <laughs> just, just in case anybody wants to make some... Some connections and go rad. It's Uncle Phil or rad. It's Shredder or whatever. It's also that's also who voiced uh, Junkyard Dog on that cartoon. So, yeah, nice, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was a, it was a funny cartoon. It, it was definitely played it for laughs. I think the the funniest thing I liked about it was all the the good guy wrestlers, which is like yeah, JYD, Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, if I remember correctly, and uh, uh, Hillbilly Jim and Andre the Giant. They all lived in the same house. <clears throat> which I when wrestlers was... stop being polite and start getting <laughs> real. Real out to the phone, bobber. Um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was random. Random as fuck. All right, uh, cool. Some good stuff there. Uh, yeah, rock and wrestling is, is pretty funny. I, I enjoyed it myself. I guess the only thing I can go with right now is Justin. Side project, and while you say you may not be up on current stuff, you have been a fan of wrestling in the past, so I know you got something you got to just go off on as far as your favorite thing that you just got so pumped over. Well, I, I can remember being a kid and seeing that episode of the A Team where uh, Hulk Hogan approaches the A Team for help, and it's you know it's it's built up as you know uh, Mr. T and uh, Hulk Hogan are like great old friends, you know they're basically like. Batman and Superman when Batman and Superman were great friends in the Silver Age or something but that's that's probably my favorite thing like I can still sit down and, and rewatch that episode and have like a really good time and, and even uh, as like as like a kid I remember like that being just like one of the greatest things ever that to me that was like the equivalent of you know Frankenstein meets the the, the Wolfman it's like two things meeting like I never thought was possible Two great tastes that go great together. Um, <laughs> I, I think their uh, mutual relationship was based on Rocky Three, where it's like you beat yeah. up uh, you beat up Sylvester Sloan? Yeah, did you? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Thunderlips. That that is the worst wrestling name I've ever heard. Thunderlips. <laughs> Jeez, what's your name? Vagina Scar. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, like, let's fucking wrestle. Jeez, thunder lips. I, I think of giant what about mud flaps. Mud flaps. <laughs> Special sauce. What's up? Oh god. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, 
the funny thing is, though, with wrestling being so popular in the media, like anything that gets to a certain point in their popularity, whether it be sci-fi or fantasy or even just hell, a movie that has a lot of action in it, toys tend to start to pop up. You got to get that extra money, and if you got licensable characters who people like, why the hell not? WWE and WCW in their heyday, um, even TNA has made a couple. I'll jump to the action figure ring. One of the more popular uh, lines was LGN. Hasbro also did it with some very interesting kind of super deformed characters. Right now, two of the bigger players right now are Toy Biz with TNA and Jack Specific. Jack Specific actually does uh, TNA. And uh, I think Toy Biz does... No, Mattel. Mattel does uh, WWE now, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. They, they've uh, jumped in the ring. One of the things I want to go ahead and just kind of start off with, just from a personal standpoint, it amazes me how much wrestling toys have progressed. Because you would think with a property light wrestling, they really wouldn't care. They're just like, here you go, have a fucking you know, Goldberg toy, have fun. And in the 80s, it was true. The LGN figures were kind of staticky, kind of statuey. They were bendy, but they really didn't have real articulation, which was fine. We had Transformers, you know, we had toys that didn't move that much, so it was kind of the norm. As things progressed, we got to the Hasbro line. Like I said, they were super deformed, but they all had these little cute action figure uh, features like Hacksaw Jim Dunn, you could swing his 2x4, or uh, Marty Jannetty for, for just a random uh, pick could do a drop kick, which didn't look like a drop kick. But they moved past the kind of cartoony look. And now wrestling action figures look like spawn figures or like Marvel Legends. They they do the real scanning from Gentle Giant where the faces are super accurate and uh articulation has gone out the window. It's just ridiculous how many poses you can get these guys in. And it's a cool thing. However, I will admit one thing. I probably have more LGN rubbery, non-movable figures than I ever had of any of the other ones. I have never bought a wrestling figure. I will admit that. Uh, what about you, Justin? Did you ever get into the wrestling figure arena? Oh, yeah. As a kid, definitely. Like, as a, as a little kid, I think just between me and my cousin, we had just, like, you know, most of the LG, LJN uh, figures out that were out at the time. Like, we, we even had, like, <clears throat> we even had a, a few duplicates. I, I remember we had, like, um, a duplicate Ultimate Warrior, so we would do our own, like you know, our own wrestling storylines. And you know, the the extra Ultimate Warrior figure was like his evil twin brother, so he would like you know, he he would wrestle the real one, and then he would like take his place, and then you know, you know, turn heel against you know Macho Man or you know Hacksaw Jim Duggan or whoever. Then we you know, you know, all of a sudden, who's this new challenger? It's what the Ultimate Warrior? How can there be two? And then you, know, you have like a big you know. Just like a big battle royale, and, and at the end of that, you know, it would be, you know, Ultimate Warrior against Ultimate Warrior. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I, I don't think we still have those toys anymore. I think we, uh, I think we sold those off in a yard, yard sale or something. I, like, I wish I still had them, but like as far as like new wrestling figures go, like I don't have any of them. Like every time I go to Walmart, you know, looking for some, uh, you know, Marvel Universe toys or whatever, like I'll. Oh, and they're I'll just try. like pegs of wrestling guys, yeah. Yeah, like like I'll check them out and like I, uh, I don't know, like I guess like it's just not the same for me. I mean, I know like you know these new ones are far superior, but for some reason it's just not the same as the old ones. You know what I mean? Like I just 
I don't I, know. I like think I, for me, I think for me, like the newer toys, they kind of are meant to be played with. And a lot of the toys I buy, I just display. You know, I'm, I'm you yeah. know, not the yeah, I'm an, an adult collector. You know, I just put my toys out to look cool. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm going to take you know like a CM Punk action figure and have him you know wrestle like you know Optimus Prime or something like. I'm sure yeah. like. If I were an eight-year-old, like that would be the greatest thing in the world. But you know, like I'm, I'm just gonna put it on display or something. But um, they've got like kind of a classic line, I guess, for you know WWE or for whatever. Like some of those look pretty good, but like I can't never find the ones that I want. Like you know, I always find like I mean, you know, Iron Sheik is pretty cool, but like I would really like to find uh, you know Sergeant Slaughter or you know Hogan or Macho Man or somebody. But you know, those that seem to go for quite a lot on eBay. So. Yeah. I, I, doubt, I doubt I'll get any like new <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very much in the same boat. Like the new wrestling toys look awesome. I can appreciate the work that they put into them, but I'm just like, dude, if you if you put like <clears throat> CM Punk, like we said, is a really cool guy right now. If you put that right next to <clears throat> I don't know uh, Generations Jazz or Tracks, I'm gonna pick the fucking Transformer. You know, they're just, there's just no appeal there for me. That is, that's not to say they're bad toys. Like I said, I love the LGN ones. They were just fun to mess with because they were so huge. You remember that? They were like yeah. nine or ten inches tall. They were like big-ass fuckers. And I, I think the appeal was is like they were just so silly because you just could throw them against each other because they were like rubberized. And you could put them through a lot of punishment. Uh, one, one thing I was going to say before I go over to uh, Kevin is... One thing I do like, though, with the, the modern toys, even though the sculpting is a lot better, and they get the proportions right, and the faces do look a lot better and stuff like that, every once in a while, I have come across a couple of figures that, like, when I see their face, they either look like they're constipated, or they just saw their mom fucking the mailman or something like that, or just like, <laughs> it just It just makes me laugh, because... They, they do the real scanning process where, if you haven't heard about that, uh, Panhole's listeners, they basically get a fucking machine that's like, scans your face, and that helps do the sculpting to make it as lifelike as possible. So at some point, they were like, what face do you want to go with? Oh, I want to go with the one that looks like I just got something shoved up my asshole. That, that, that's the one I want to go with. And they're like, really? Like, yeah, I look intense. It's like, no, you like you just got like initiated to prison, you know? <laughs> But yeah, it, it happens. I guess they they either that they don't care. They're like, which face do you want? Yeah, whichever. I don't care. Fuck it. I'm out. I got paid. Um, what about you, uh, Kevin? Do you collect modern action figures from the wrestling, uh, uh, wrestling I don't, genre? I don't collect um, the newer ones. But back in the, the late '90s and early 2000s, I was a big fan of the uh, uh, WWF and WWE stuff because they would just come out with the most amazing, like, craziest, like, what the hell is this type stuff. And you just, you couldn't help it. Like, if you were a fan, it's like, well, yeah, I want I want underwater combat Steve Austin. And, <laughs> like, what? Like, Wild West Undertaker? Sign me up. <laughs> but, like, I, I really loved the, the first line of the... Um, uh, uh, WCW action figures like with uh, Goldberg and NWO Hogan uh, because they looked so much better than any wrestling figures had ever done up to that point but 
as actual wrestling toys, they were just unbelievably bad. <laughs> uh, like th- they would, uh, the the first line had uh, Diamond Dallas Page, and he was sculpted to do his uh, diamond cutter pose. So he was forever posed like with his hands above his head doing like the self high five thing. And the only action you could get out of him was you would squeeze his legs and he would do like the bang thing. So they they were made basically to do one thing. Uh, And, and both uh, Kevin Nash and Goldberg came with a tiny Rey Mysterio to just beat the hell out of. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Maybe the giant as well, but it was just like, oh, bonus pack, you get a popular wrestler, and then Rey Mysterio, who we can't figure out, is also popular to just kill. <laughs> These guys are bigger. Kill them. <laughs> That's awesome. I think one of my favorite little... Uh, Sublines, because I think you brought it up one time when we were talking. I could be wrong though, because uh, it it's been a while. But weren't there a series of action figures from WCW who just vibrated like severely badly? Like they they were almost kind of like marital aids because they had very limited articulation and they just you you would wind up like kind of like a wind up toy. But instead of walking or, you know, raising their hand up and down or whatever that would seem wrestling-specific, they would just vibrate a lot. Yeah, and the the really strange thing about those figures is that on the packaging, they were uh, designated face and heel. And absolutely nobody in the target audience would have any idea what that meant. Yeah. Because it has, it has never, in the history of pro wrestling been mentioned on screen yeah they don't even call them like bad guys or good guys they're just like you know like John Cena is a paragon of virtue or yeah you know or Triple H is such a dastardly villain yeah you know it's like there we go yeah that's face that's you (laughs) it does bring to mind one other uh, subline from WWE though which made me laugh insanely because it's an action feature that I never understood they had a line called Maximum Sweat. Yep. Which, yeah, which was these kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were kind of like... I'm trying to think of the uh, artist. Uh, Joe Madria, I think. Where they had these really weird proportions. They had, like, giant forearms and hands and huge calves and feet. Tiny, tiny torsos, big-ass pecs, and really tiny heads. And they were, they were actually well-sculpted for that style. But their whole gimmick was that they had this little uh, hole in the back of their uh, back that you put this pump in, and you would fill the pump up with water and squirt water into the toy, and they would sweat. And I'm like, really? That's that's our action feature? It's like, what? Like, you know, like, Undertaker with supreme humidity action, you know? That line is also notable because it's the only time that they've sculpted a cane with removable mask where his face was just all, like, dark manish. Oh, really? It was all, like, scarred and fucked up? With all the the crit... And again, really well sculpted. Like, they've got, like, the the one eye is all blank. Like, it it looked like the guy who who is Kane, 
but then they just like went at it with like they're like okay well let's take it and then just scar the hell out of it. Yeah, oh that's cool. I didn't know that. I, I've seen the cane figure on like the blister, but I didn't know you could take his mask off. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean they were they were they were actually well sculpted. They just were just a silly idea. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was funny, but yeah, it's the wrestling world has that. There's magnet figures. I have a magnet Chris Jericho figure. He, again, has really weird proportions, but he's got magnets in his fists and his feet. And I have him hanging down, upside down from something like uh, Luke Skywalker and fucking Hoth. Uh, <laughs> reach for the saber, Luke. Watch out for the Ewoks with blinking eyes. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, wrestling, the best way to put it is, is if you're not into it, you've never been into it, you're never going to be into it, probably. It's, it's one of those things that when you take the plunge, you're going to be a fan for life. Um, not to go all sappy and sentimental for a minute, <clears throat> but one of the reasons why I really do like wrestling so much is because as a kid, my dad, uh, who's who's been passed away for 11, 12 years now, 12 years this past July, me and him always used to watch wrestling. Um, we watched WCW, we watched NWA back when it was NWA, WWF and stuff, and he used to like you know, make fun of Ric Flair for being a pompous ass. He used to love the Boogie Woogie Man, which I'm sure a lot of people who are in all wrestling fans may not be familiar with. He was like a Deep South wrestler. And it's kind of a nostalgia thing, but also kind of like, I don't know, it just brings up good times. You know, it was like it was like something me and my dad, me and him were very at odds about certain things because we uh, grew up in different generations. I mean, we loved each other, but it was like, you know, I was a kid, he was an adult, you know, like, that's how it goes. But wrestling, we always connected with. We could watch it together. I'd always go, like, into his room and we'd watch it. And it was just kind of a nice memory. And while I do enjoy wrestling on its own merits myself now, since I watched it for so long and I've gotten so much education about it, at the same time, there is still that kind of kid in me that's like, you know... Well, this is what me and my dad used to do. I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch wrestling. You know, that's that's what me and him used to do. So it's just one of those things that, like, you either connect with or you don't. So anybody who doesn't like wrestling, totally understand. If you don't like it, it can't seem cheesy and fake and dumb. But if you like it, the passion is there. It's very enjoyable if you can connect with that kind of entertainment. So um, anybody want to give some final thoughts? Justin, do you want to say anything else about the world of professional wrestling. Um, I don't think so. I think I've pretty well covered it. You know, just like uh, I guess I owe my renewed interest to you uh, and Smooth. You know, we talked about wrestling. You know, back before we even had uh, Smooth on for the first Gifting Agenda, and you know, like you know, before that, like I was kind of getting interested again. You know, like I was watching a few DVDs and stuff, but like you know, like after talking to you guys, I kind of like got in it, you know, full steam, and I've just been enjoying it ever since. Cool, cool. Um, what about you, uh, sir? Uh, anything you want to say about uh, wrestling that has not been said by you so far yet? Oh, yeah. The one thing this show has been missing. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy got his ass kicked by Mark Henry last week. Uh, yeah, you should. Oh, by the way, if uh, I want to go ahead and throw this out there. If you just like something funny, check out Zack Ryder's YouTube channel. Hilarious. Long Island IZ. He does videos very, very uh, 
regularly. They're pretty damn hilarious. He's he's an entertaining fellow. He should be a little bit higher than he is. Um, also, yes. Also, if you just want to laugh, check out a YouTube video called uh, Scott Steiner versus the English language. <laughs> Scott Steiner is well known for not being able to cut a coherent promo. <laughs> if anyone has ever been able to give the Warrior a run for his money on promos, it's Scott Steiner. Yeah. Yes. He has, he has wrestled entire countries, you know. Hey, he, he comes from a highly educated university. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the warrior's claw and stretch all over the back of the ultimate warrior and tell me to do what is rightfully right and wrongfully wrong. Oh, man. Um, we, we also do this on Fan Holes every week, and just because it's a wrestling show, even though we have a guest, and if, if you don't have one, uh, Kevin is totally cool. I understand I'm maybe putting it on the spot. But we do something awesome every week. Mine is going to be wrestling related. Um, but I want to throw it out to Justin first. Do you have something else on this week, or am I catching you with your pants down? Uh, no, I've always got something uh, pretty going on usually. But uh, this week it's going to be a book. It's uh, Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, I've always been a big fan of, like, Wizard of Oz stuff. Like, you know... Even besides the uh, you know the classic movie, like I enjoy some of the books um, you know, that take place after the first movie or whatever. Um, there's also some comics out from Marvel. They've started adapting some of the stories. But uh, anyway, this is just the Wicked is kind of a, uh, a view from uh, the Wicked Witch's you know side of the track. So I guess you could say it kind of starts off with her you know, her childhood and you know some of the things that happened to her that kind of you know, turn her into the, you know, the Wicked Witch that we, you know, we all know and love from the movie. But, uh, um, if you wasn't like... It, wasn't it made into a, a musical, too? Yes, it, it was made into a musical. Um, but what I was going to say is if you enjoy, you know, like, seeing, seeing a perspective from, you know, like, the so-called villain's point of view, you know, you'd probably enjoy it. Or if you're just, you know, like a, maybe just a casual fan of, like, Wizard of Oz type stuff, I'd recommend it. Cool, yeah. I've, that's one of those things that's like always in the back of my head or always on the back burner. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I really should just, you know, man up and watch the musical or read some of the books. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it. So. Well, I don't know if that's going to man you up, but you can yeah. watch the musical. Well, yeah, I read about the Wicked Witch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, if I, maybe if I pussy down, is it a man up? <laughs> it's time to hero up, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, we we always joke about you know things being you know it's on my list to read like this really has been one of those books it's like it's been on my my list of things to read since it came out and I'm just you know just recently found found time to uh, sit down and read it and I really enjoyed it but yeah like it's really good I would, I would imagine it's rather humorous too right oh yeah I mean it's it's you know if you think it's going to be anything at all like the Wizard of Oz movie, it's it's not. It's like it's full of you know violence and and sex and there is a lot of humor in it. So it's it's definitely not for little kids. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I want to know about the Wicked Witch of the West getting it on, but I'll still try it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as Derek would uh, tell you, you know, like don't look down your nose at ladies in green skin. <laughs> Even a two-year-old can tell you the green chicks are hot. <laughs> What about you, Derek? I know you're not really into the wrestling biz, but uh, did you have something awesome this week? Yeah, I was going to recommend uh, the latest run of Detective Comics, not the new number one issue that just came out, but the I was reading the, the issues you know, right before the, 
the new DC, you know, the new reboot, because I was trying to catch up on some things before all those new number ones came out. It's going to be collected as a trade paperback uh, in November, and they call it Batman the Black Mirror for the, uh, I guess it's the, the hardcover, or the trade version. Uh, but it's written by Scott Snyder, and he wrote some stuff like, um, he, he's writing the new Swamp Thing series, and I think he's writing the new Batman series, and I think he wrote, um, I think American Vampire is one of the books he's he's more well known for. But I, I really liked it. I, I thought I wasn't going to because the basic premise is it follows up on James Gordon Jr. And that's a character like that you don't really see much of outside of Batman Year One or, you know, any kind of early Batman story that ties into Year One, you know. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, most people, you, you know, most people, I remember in the old days, like, when I would let people borrow year one, you know, they'd go, so whatever happened to the kid? You know, and I'd be like, oh, I guess they just moved to Chicago, and that was it, you know? But uh, here, there's a lot more story to it, and uh, they, they kind of paint him as a, a kind of psychotic, villainous-type character and everything. And so, you know, my initial instinct was that, uh, you know, I was like, oh, no, they're Superboy priming James Gordon Jr., you know, and I was all kind of, you know, thinking I wouldn't like it. But I thought it was really, really well-written. I mean, it's it's a little more intense, I think, if, you know, if people are of a younger age, you know, like, I, it was not like I'd be like, here, two-year-old, read this comic about, you know, people <laughs> getting mutilated in the basement, you know, but... But I thought it was, uh, you know, very, very well written. And, and I was actually, you know, it, you know, it's mainly with uh, Dick Grayson as Batman, um, if, if people are expecting Bruce Wayne or whatever. But uh, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, a good comic and, and, and it answered some questions maybe that, that longtime Batman fans would have in the back of their heads. Like, gee, I wonder whatever happened to James Gordon Jr., you know? So <laughs> all, your, all your questions will be will be answered. You might not like the answers, but they're there, so. Cool, cool. James Gordon Jr. Um, <laughs> sorry, James Bond Jr. theme song crept in my head. Uh, what about you, uh, Kevin? Is there anything awesome over there? Or, like I said, if I'm throwing you on the spot, you don't have to bullshit your way out of it if uh, I didn't warn you ahead of time. No, I'm finally uh, taking the plunge. Like, like Now that I've got uh, Kindle on my phone, I can read uh, books from the U.S. without having to pay the outrageous shipping costs. So I'm I'm tackling like the five thousand pages of uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, nice! Is, is it uh, pretty good so far? Yeah, I'm 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 usually not one for uh, uh, fantasy <clears throat> so much, but yeah, I'm, I've I enjoyed the TV show, and then I just hopped right into book two, and it's just like every page is just so much fun. Cool, cool. Like it, it takes nice. itself seriously, but it, it doesn't try to like intimidate the reader. It, it, it's a, uh, I guess you would say maybe a romp where you could like have fun with it, but still take it seriously and, and know that there's a good story going on. Yeah, I, I am a little bit concerned about the whole page count thing. I think the third book is longer than the entire Lord of the Rings. So, ow. I'm I'm waiting to to see if if I kind of like peak at some point. <laughs> I flinched at uh, I flinched at Order of the Phoenix. Jeez. 
<laughs> yeah, those, that's a, that's a series of books that like you know kind of like Wicked. It, it's always been on my you know it's always been on my reading list, but just the sheer volume of pages in each book has kind of kept me away. It's like I still have you know Stephen King's It to read, and it's kind of a lengthy book, and I'm I've been looking forward to reading it, but it's it's like buried at the bottom of a pile of books that's you know my reading pile and just because of its size i sometimes you know shy away from it if, if you made your way through the stand you can make your way through it that's what's so wonderful about the kindle is you don't realize how long and how huge the book is until it's too late <laughs> I've already kidded myself. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, the, the good thing about reading read, like this book—if I knew it was six hundred pages—I <laughs> I think it's you know a, a satisfying feeling. You know, when you sit down and read, and then you know you got to get up and you know do something. You can put your bookmark in and you close the book, and you're like, "Oh, well, I'm nearly done with this. I did pretty good progress today." Like I, I can't imagine yeah. having the same satisfaction with like you know an ebook or something. Um, yeah, like. uh cursor it's, it's more of a taunt than anything else it's like oh, <laughs> it only moved over like two millimeters my god <laughs> you gonna read more yeah you gonna read more come on bitch <laughs> would you yeah, like I mean, more would you like more would you like to know more <laughs> and that's how I felt about Order of the Phoenix because it's it's over a thousand pages and is it? yeah yeah okay. it's, it's the it's the biggest book I think in the uh, Harry Potter trilogy uh, yeah. trilogy fuck the seventology excuse me <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but at the same time, it's like when I took a big chunk out of it. Yeah, like you said, Justin, you kind of feel accomplished. You're like, I read. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my guild star? Yeah, I use my I use my head brain for a minute. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's not that like I, I shy away from books of great length, but it's like you know, I kind of look at it as like, okay, I could read you know it or the stand. Or, you know, I could read three other books in that same length of time, so I just kind of usually go for, you know, <laughs> three more books. Well, yeah. yeah, well, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a chore. It's just really funny, though, because, like, the first two Harry Potter books, uh, they're maybe 300 pages. And yeah. I breezed through those in, like, two days each, and I was like, hell yeah, I can fucking kill this damn, you know, series of books in a minute. And then I got Order of Phoenix, and I'm like, not daunted, I wasn't scared, but I was like, Fuck! Dumbledore can fucking talk. Jesus Christ. The <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker goes on for a minute. Jeez. Uh, to go into my awesome thing, it's actually not current, and I haven't watched it in a couple months, but still at the same time, I want to do something wrestling related just for the podcast. If uh, you guys do collect any kind of DVDs, especially you, Justin, you probably enjoy this. Uh, Kevin may already have it, but uh, w, uh, WWE has ownership of WCW and they released a Starcade DVD set which has three discs really really good stuff it's got like a lot of old school stuff a lot of great old matches it, it's basically the history of Starcade Starcade was a uh, pay-per-view put on by WCW it was pretty much their version of Wrestlemania that's where they did a lot of the big storylines that's where a lot of the big matches happened and it's great seeing guys like Ric Flair in their prime, Dusty Rose before he became kind of a joke in WWE with the polka dots and shit like that. And it's it's really just like it's a nostalgic kick in the ass, but also it's classic wrestling. It, I mean, 
yeah, I can totally admit Lucha Libre and, like, you know, Progresso is really good stuff. You know, you like the technical aspect, but it's kind of nice seeing the stuff you grew up with. So I would definitely recommend it. You could probably go to Walmart and pick it up for about 20 or 15 bucks. Three discs for that much is not a bad deal at all. Yeah, just just pick it up. It's fun. You see Sting. Sting's in there. He's a big player in it. You know, he's one of the bigger uh, names at WCW. So, it, yeah, it's just a, it's a good little collection. Uh, WWE did really good with that. So I, I appreciate their, you know, attention to the fact that there are people who actually do like WCW. They just didn't forget about it. So uh, that's my pick for this week. I think we're actually pretty good right now. I think we've uh, gone into wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gone into wrestling is pretty deeply and intricately as we can. I do appreciate Derek for being here this week. He's not a big wrestling fan, but he... uh <laughs> he, he either manned up or pussy down, depending on your uh, perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, jumped in with us to uh, give his... Uh, thoughts and perspectives again thank you uh justin for being here you're uh coming back into the fold which i appreciate and last but not least just because i want to give him the biggest props i do appreciate our good friend kevin for coming in here like me he's a big wrestling fan we we just dig it and that's really all you can say oh thanks for having me oh no problem It, it was it was great to hear your thoughts on it we're pretty much done for this week. I will pimp out one thing right now because it's going to be up soon. It's already up on Blip. Uh, you can look it up if you'd like. Me and uh, our good friend Justin did a fanhole sidecast podcast where we talked about ghost hunters. There's actually a video to accompany it. Hopefully Blip will not take it down. And we kind of rag on it and just have fun. It's uh, about an hour long. It was, it was great fun. I appreciate Justin getting in with it. Ghost hunters went to the quote-unquote Collinwood Estate from Dark Shadows. And, yeah, I, I had a blast. It was, it was a good time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and for any fans out there who have, you know, maybe poo-pooed some of our, you know, two-hour-plus shows, like this is, you know, like Tony said, this is only an hour, so it's, it's you know... You're you getting can, off easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get, you get some quick entertainment. Also, I want to throw some uh, shout-outs to uh, Derek, He's the guy who did the editing and technical aspects of it to make it look all pretty and nice. So thank you for doing that, sir. Woo! Woo! I know, right? Um, next week, we will have a brand new show, as always. Uh, what is next week's show, by the way, Derek or Justin? I know you guys are always up on this because I have a horrible memory. So I actually have to look up the, uh, the, the awesome uh, sheet I have. I think it's the Star Wars show, but let me just check. Okay. Yeah, it should be if we're if if we are on sed if we are on schedule. <laughs> we're on schedule. Um, yeah. Star Wars show should be pretty fun. There's a lot of hate there. Not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it, but there's a lot of love there too. There's 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 some love for Star Wars. But your, uh, hate, man, has we, made, your hate has made you powerful. <laughs> no. Well, well, Derek, you know he he told me that he saw the same security hologram that Mike saw and he can't believe that Anakin was killing younglings. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that killing younglings? Fucking <laughs> asshole. Jeez. Hey, you gotta get meat for double down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> double downs are made of younglings. No. <laughs> None of that imitation like Ewok meat. You gotta go for younglings. 
Just that, it. It, 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 Does that mean Sindel's like uh, could be a double down? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> if I make a little space cruiser crash, I get a whole uh, whole box of double down. <laughs> oh, I, did, I still wish when like they killed Mace Windu and threw him off the side of the damn building, somebody just like would have called God so he could come in there and been like. <laughs> special special preview for next week's podcast. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> good times, good times. Uh, I want to throw you in here on this, uh, Mister Kevin. If you like to give out your shout out, um, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast on a high note. Until the next time we see you guys on the Fanals podcast, I am Tony Changfall. And when it all comes crashing down at Hurston's side, I won't think to run. I won't think to hide. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, and Harry Potter is a septology. <laughs> hey, this is Justin Grimlock. And this is Kevin. All right, guys. Fun wrestling show. And until then, we will see you guys in the steel cage. Right. Oh, there we go. <laughs> See you next time on Vandals. Have people talking, talking. Yeah. It's not simple, but. What the hell? What? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Ryan's like, not only do I not want to talk about wrestling, but I'm going to fuck up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> was not talking like about wrestling simple. very fast. <laughs> He's in an accelerated time stream. <laughs> what? He's one of those pedalars from Thundercats. <laughs> What the Don't hell? build away. It's <laughs> 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 Oh Jesus! Somebody like uh, Brian has a helium leak in his house. Somebody go save him. <laughs> What the hell are you doing, sir? What's that, Bumblebee? Optimus is trapped in some wires. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian? Can you hear us? Okay, let me re- let me remove you and then re-add you and see what happens. <laughs> what the hell was that? <clears throat> oh, man. He got caught in the speed force or something. <laughs> Do I sound normal now? Oh, yeah. Before you sounded like a fucking Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah!